Principal Matters Podcast, episode 341. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast. Each week, we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about the power of shared leadership with my special guests, Sissy Goodridge and Deirdre Tamusk. Sissy Goodridge is passionate about the middle years and performing arts, and she has taught instrumental band and vocal music for 30 years in both single sex and co-ed independent schools in Toronto, Oakville, and Melbourne, Australia. Sissy holds a Bachelor of Musical Arts in Music Ed from Western University and a Master's in Education from the University of Victoria. She has worked with students from junior kindergarten to grade 12 and finds joy in helping students find their voices. In her 30-year career, Sissy has held many leadership roles, including assistant house advisor, department head of music, director of performing arts, and most recently, the head of middle school at Havergale College in Toronto. And Deirdre Tamusk has been teaching since she was seven years old, starting with her younger sisters and her first and only student for years. She conducted lessons on reading and math and science from a school desk in their basement. And she later earned a Bachelor of Science in Physics from Queen's University and a Master of Art in Curriculum Design and Education from the University of Toronto. Deirdre, Deirdre began her formal teaching career in Medellin, Columbia, where she taught math and later moved to Hazelwood School District in St. Louis, Missouri, before returning to Canada to teach at an all-boys school in Toronto. During her 19 years at the school, she held various leadership positions, including department chair of math, senior house advisor, director of community service, assistant head of the upper school in charge of operations and strategic projects. And in her most recent career move, she began, she became the head of the senior school at Havergill an all-girls institution in Toronto, Canada, just 18 months ago. Oh my gosh, if you guys could see what I'm seeing looking at this screen of these two guests, Sissy and Deirdre, welcome to Principal Matters Podcast. Before I ask you to fill in the gaps, I just have to say, if Principal Matters could see you, they would see the coolest glasses. Like Sissy has on these awesome glasses, like others uh, leopard spots. And then Deirdre has on these like neon pink. So I've took a screenshot so I can put it maybe with the show notes. If you want to check this out, go to williamdpark.com. But ladies, will you fill in the gaps on that intro and tell listeners something else they may be surprised surprised to know about you? Who wants to go first? Deirdre, um, why don't you go ahead? I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, yeah, I think uh, some things that people might be surprised. Oh, and filling in the gaps, I will let the leader, um, the listeners know that my sister um, was successfully educated, and now she has a master's in biomechanical engineering, and I take full credit for that. Um, and also, some other things that they'd be surprised to know about me is after living in Medellin um, in the '90s, and uh, it, I developed a love for Spanish, and I take salsa lessons as Aww. part of my. And thank you for for thank you for correcting my mispronunciation. Medellin. Well, it's it's Medellin that's, that's, or Medellin. Mm, that's much it's more beautiful area. than the way I pronounced it. That's okay. It's okay. Well, thank you, Deirdre. It's so great to have you in the room, Sissy. What's fill yeah. in the gaps in that intro and tell listeners something they may be surprised to know about you. 
Uh, well, I guess what might be a little bit surprising, not surprising um, that I'm musical, because obviously with a degree in music, that kind of makes sense. But I did Moonlight probably for the first decade of my career as a pop singer with my younger brother, who currently lives in Los Angeles. But I did have the great honor of being um, nominated for a Juno, which in Canada is the equivalent of a Grammy in the U.S., what? So that was a whole heap of fun getting to attend one of those um, as a guest, a guest artist. That's, well, it, someday my dream is to do a Principal Matters bonus. So for like maybe like secret subscribers that want to do like additional content that I don't get to share live. And so, Sissy, we could do we could do another bonus with a little performance. So that <laughs> so we could share some of that stuff out. Well, that is you. Let me just set the context for Principal Matters listeners, so they'll know why I'm having so much fun with the both of you. You are both listeners to the podcast, yeah. um, Deirdre. You you reached out probably more than a month ago, six eight weeks ago, and you connected me with some great content because you listen and you gave me a heads up on a potential um, a potential guest who I reached out to as well. And so in the circle of our correspondence, we jumped on a Zoom and got to know each other. And Sissy jumped on and we got to know each other. And it was, um, I love this work so much because just sitting in the room with you two and getting to know about your school, I just immediately was like, I have got to get you two on my show. First of all, I'd say this, I can't imagine how dangerous you two are in person together because you're, you're there's so much energy you guys give to, through a screen together but knowing that you both lead in the same school one at the middle level and one at the high school level you guys either have a lot of fun or you get in a lot of trouble or both, both. I'm not sure I'm sure I'm sure it's both but why don't you tell listeners first of all a little bit about your school and I want to dig into the way you guys share leadership I want to dig into your school but I also want to talk about your transition stories because over the last several months, I've had a lot of conversations with leaders about how they made these kinds of moves in their careers. And you two has, have had such interesting careers, but let's start with your school first. What offerings or experiences are available at Havergal College that you would like other education leaders to know about? I think if I, um, I'll, I'll start and I'll start with the sort of the co-curricular program, what's happening outside of the classroom. Um, certainly because that was the hat I was wearing before I'm in this role. But we have an extraordinary athletic and arts program for a girls' school of approximately 650 students. 50 percent of the students are involved in athletics and 50 percent of the students are involved in the arts, which is quite extraordinary, certainly in my experience in the different schools that I have been in. Um, I say to the students, if you can dream it, if you can think it, we likely have it, which is really a great um, place for us to be because students can find their passions or they can find new ones, they can develop them. But we have band and strings and drama and dance. I think there are 75 different athletic teams. We even started curling um, probably three or four years ago. I'm not sure if you're familiar with curling, um, but we even do curling. And I know that lacrosse is one that we are looking at starting next year. So it's, you know, there's lots and lots for our students to do once they finish their academic day at 3.30. Oh, I love that. Deirdre, what would you add to that? Um, yeah, we have um, H, uh, like an innovation hub here at our school. It's called HCX, and the X is supposed to stand for sort of like the unknown. And um, that's designed to support students and faculty through um, new contemporary programs and innovative learning experiences. 
And because we want to provide teachers and students with the tools they need um, to thrive no matter what the future brings. Um, so that is a, a big part of our school. Um, we've also, we're a Round Square school, and I'm not sure if your uh, leaders are familiar with Round Square, um, but it connects schools all over the world. Um, they have conferences, but they also um, facilitate um, exchange programs. And so we have a thriving exchange program through that organization. And we also run something called the Forum for Change, which is the hub of our um, community partnership and um, volunteer center of the school. And we, um, we have structured our service department to work primarily with certain community partners. Um, so that way it is uh, an exchange of us learning from our community partners and them learning for us instead of just us giving, if that makes sense. So it's an educational exchange um, between our students and our community partners. So that is, uh, it makes the volunteer opportunities, we, we hope, more meaningful for everybody. Wow. Okay, I have a few questions. So as a boarding school, and Sissy, I believe you said you you guys have told me before that you have students from mm -hmm. seven different countries around the world. And you also, as you just mentioned, Deirdre, you guys do a lot of exchange programming. So what is that like working in a school with that much diversity and kids from so many different places? And when you say boarding school, do, do you have both residential and non-residential? What does that look like for you guys? That's a great question. Well, um, we are a day and boarding school. So we have about 650 students in the upper year. So seven to 12. And we have 50 boarders that live on the third floor of the building. And they do come from seven different countries. We have quite a diverse population in terms of the day schools, but it's it really is an interesting place because for our day students, it's like a regular school. You come in at eight o'clock and you go home whenever your activity is finished. But for our boarders, this is their home. So, you know, sometimes if I come in um, to school in the evenings, our boarders are all over the school you know, in their PJs, some of them are practicing their instruments, some of them are watching movies, but they're just using the space as it's their living room and their family room, which is, is really quite awesome. And they call it their, their family, their away from home family. I would imagine that means you have a lot of, of second language, as English as a second language um, speakers in your school too. So that would be interesting to see how many how many um, of your students are speaking English as a second language? Yeah, well, we're from, we're in Toronto, and Toronto does have a lot of um, people who are who are immigrants to Canada, and even people kids who are not borders. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them, English is is their second language, mm -hmm. um, and that's part of being a multicultural community. And mm -hmm. Toronto is a hub for for people to immigrate to. So. Well, you guys are inspiring me because I've I've had a, a listener reach out recently, actually a couple of listeners asking me some questions about support for students learning English as second language. And I've and so I'm seeing this in so many different contexts in in both border communities, but also communities that are bringing in refugees, like from the war in mm -hmm. Ukraine, or in communities like yours that are already a hub for international um, development and, and travel. So thank you for giving us some context. What a um, I would you know how desperately I would love to just be standing right there with you right now. I'm seeing your kids in their faces and I want, but, but I want to ask you guys your story because you, you guys have a unique role. You share leadership together in the school 
and 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 I this may be off script, but I, I may want to probe a little bit and and how that looks in the way that you guys are leading. But there's two of you, you know, and so and I see you collaborating so much together. But it may be helpful to hear a little bit about how you got here. So let's let's back up to that story because you two have very storied careers. You're both veteran educators who are both in a place that you love, but you came to it in such different ways. And so, Deirdre, let me start with you. Um, can you share a little bit about the story of transition in your leadership journey and what brought you to your current role? Um, so I always wanted to be a teacher my whole life. Um, and I never thought I'd be an administrator. Never, 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 ever. And um, I love being in the classroom. I'm a very creative person. Every time my lessons would be different, I, you know, I, I would read the mathematics teacher because I'm a mathematics teacher by trade. I would read that cover to cover every month and, you know, try all the new things. And, um, and, uh, but I kept looking around and every, I was in my school and I kept wanting to make the school better. So I'd put my hand up for certain things like let's paint this wall and let's do a math trail and take, you know, all the grade eights and we'll take them down to the Eaton Center for the day. Um, and I would, you know, speak up at department meetings and want to change sort of processes in the school and procedures in the school. And um, I started in a pastoral role um, as a senior house advisor at the all boys school and in charge of 80 students and leading that sort of house um, activities with them. And at the same time, I took on an academic leadership as department chair and, and um, I really loved creating a vision for that department. So I, you know, took a department that, you know, didn't have say very much technology at the big, at the beginning when I got there and we worked together as a team to, um, you know, to develop a vision together and to sort of get there. And at the end of my 10 years, we actually won an award for um, the best math department in Ontario. So that was like fun to do. You know what I mean? It was a challenge. And I just kept wanting more challenges. And I saw more things that I'm like, oh, you know what? That community service department, I know I could, that could be really fun you know, to see how I could take what somebody's already made and like, where else could we go with this? So I started moving into another area of the school that I didn't really know anything about. Um, but I took those skills that I that I um, had sort of fostered, working with the boys, working in the pastoral role, working with in my role as department chair, and I sort of just transferred those skills into a new area. Um, and because I knew nothing about computer uh, community service when I took it over. Um, and that was wonderful. And then a few years later, I moved into operations and strategic projects. And in that role, I had to our school hosted um, a family from Syria. And I had to coordinate all of that, knowing nothing about how to, oh, hi, there's seven people moving to Canada, find them an apartment, work with the community to do this. Here's your you know, the budget of money that we'd raised, figure out how to get these kids in school and as part of my job. So that was really um, interesting. And then I also in operations had to actually start running the back end of the school all the time. So I called myself the electrician. I didn't know how to do scheduling. <laughs> no clue. You know, I didn't know about how to make an on-call schedule or how to um, do duty schedules with people or room things and all those like back-end things that are non-glamorous. 
Um, but it was amazing and I really enjoyed that challenge as well. And, you know, and, and I was so blessed to be in a large school that gave me so many different opportunities. Like there was lots of different areas. Um, but what I realized being in an all boys school was that even though I had been in co-ed in St. Louis and in, in Medellin, um, that I had missed working with, with girls. And when this opportunity came at Havergal, which is just up the street from where I was before, um, this gave me an opportunity to sort of flex muscles in another part of administration that I hadn't had a chance to do before. And um, I feel um, really blessed to be where I am right now. And ultimately, you know, when I think about the future and, and people, you know, this is hard. It's interesting. It's hard for me to say, but I would like to be the head of an independent school at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. um, it feels very bold to sort of put that out into the universe. Um, but that's also part of my transition, right? Going from never wanting to be an administrator to you know what? I, I actually really love making a school better and yeah. making a school a great place. And, and that's what fills my bucket. Well, this is why I love transition stories because everybody's story is different, but there's so many things I heard there, Deirdre, and you know me, I'm the, I always love to summarize things I hear because it's helpful for me to like pull lessons. So if I, if I was going to pull some lessons from your summary, from your story, I would say to, to principal managed listeners, if you want a list of qualities um, that make up the job of an admin, then here are some of those qualities. Always wanting to make my school better. Always wanting to enrich others' learning. Learning how to improve processes. Being able to create a vision. Being able to embrace new challenges. Transferring the skills I've learned today to something new tomorrow. Yeah. Knowing how to coordinate with families and budgets. Developing schedules and looking for new opportunities. The, 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 those are all the qualities of that I believe in involve growth. And so whether you're moving into administration or, or just moving, growing in your career, those are just such important qualities for, for growth. Anything you want to add to that before I jump into Sissy's story? No, I would just, I would say um, to be open to change. Like I guess I came into, when I became a teacher, I had a very fixed mindset, right? Uh -huh. And now I realized, because I thought, oh, I'm 25 years old, I'm done growing. And now at, you know, um, the ripe old age of 52, I've realized how much I've changed, you know, over the last 25 years. And so that's what I would recommend for, for your listeners is just to don't box yourself into a corner. And, and when somebody taps you on the shoulder, you know, listen. Support for Principal Matters comes from Summer Pops Math Workbooks. For my listeners serving grades two through seven, here's a message from our friend Pete over at Summer Pops Math Workbooks. Demand is high this year. And if you wanna order Summer Pops for your students, you need to place your order soon. If you've not contacted Summer Pops, you should do it this week. Principal Matters listeners can work with Pete directly. His email is pete at betterlearningeducation.com or visit their website, summerpopsworkbooks.com to learn more. Summer Pops are designed for your students to practice math over the summer. Engaging, easy to use, and content rich. I've had the privilege to review these workbooks and they are excellent resources. 
Thank you to Pete for being a guest on episode 336 and sharing the story of how summer pops were designed specifically for helping students like yours retain and grow their math skills over the summer. Summer is almost here, so visit summerpopsworkbooks.com today. Support for Principal Matters comes from Peer Driven PD. Let me paint a picture for you and see if you can relate. You look at your calendar and you see it's time to prep for your next PD day. And you know that you and your teachers have a lot of shared knowledge and experience, but wouldn't it be nice to have a gold mine of high quality PD at your fingertips so that your teachers could access it at any time and anywhere? Well, there is some help. Go to peerdrivenpd.com and find a library of films with some of the best teachers in the country talking about their tips and techniques that really work in real classrooms. This isn't just engaging for your teachers and helpful for you. It's really strong content that's going to increase student learning and improve relationships with kids. So if you want your teachers to love their PD and learn strategies that are tested and proven by their peers in real classrooms, visit peerdrivenpd.com to request a quote today. Be sure to let them know that Principal Matters sent you and Mike will include a package of complimentary resources specifically for administrators. That's peerdrivenpd.com. Oh, I love that. Sissy, what's your transition story? How did you go from, from music into the leadership roles that you have now? I think, um, you know, for music, I, I am a musician. That's who I am. But I will say it does seem to me from when I first started teaching, I've just really been blessed with working with leaders who throw things my way. And as Audrey, Audrey, sorry, as Deirdre says, um, I was just open to it. I was always open to try something new, something different. And I've had leaders who were say, how about this? Do you want to try this? And I said, yes. So when I first took on um, my first permanent role, it was at a boarding school and they were looking for someone to go to teach music and to live in a girl's boarding house. And so they said, are you interested? I said, sure. I'd never lived in a boarding house in my life. I didn't even know what a private school was, let alone now be responsible for, you know, 16 and 17 year old students. So my career really started, it was, it was dual. I had my teaching role, but I also had this leadership role in terms of, you know, the pastoral care of our students. So I've always had sort of my music thing going on and something else going on at the same time. Um, from that, from there, I continued with my teaching, but then we were around Square School, and this is where we have, you know, these relationships with schools all around the world, and an opportunity for us to connect as teachers and with students. So again, my head of school said to me, how do you feel about taking a group of students to Africa? And I said, sure, why not? Let's go to Nairobi. So we did that. Again, I met more people um, and worked in a capacity outside of music, really just you know, how do we give back to our community? Um, being in a pace, place of privilege, how do we help others? How do we use our privilege to um, make this world a better place? So I continued with that, stayed at the school for 14 years. I was there for a very, very long time. And again, my head tapped me and said, you know, I'm really interested in starting teacher exchanges. Would you consider going to Australia for six months? Come back, write a report and let me know how this works. Because of course, <laughs> Australia literally is on the other side of the world and their, um, their school year runs almost in opposition to ours in terms of the time of year. But once again, I said, sure, let's give that a go. Let me go down to Australia. 
And um, as often you hear, I think I was there for two weeks and I met my husband, my now husband, and um, my six months turned into seven years. And the school that I was at was also around Square School. And I was luckily enough to get hired right straight into a leadership role there as director of performing arts. So um, again, talk about stretching yourself. I, I left as a single woman, had never, you know, I visited lots of places, but hadn't lived anywhere else um, and went into the school that was a three campus school. So in this leadership role, all of a sudden I was overseeing programs um, in three different campuses, learning, you know, an entirely new curriculum, but, and of course there were bumps along the way, but just tried to stay open, listen, watch, learn, um, and at the same time question and say, hmm, that's interesting. Have you ever considered doing it this way? And then I had the opportunity, I, I got a phone call one day about Havergal. And um, of course, having lived and been in the system, I knew the school, it had an exceptional arts program. So I said to my husband, what do you think? And we, he said, well, why don't we give it a go? So I found ourselves back here in Canada and um, I've always been passionate about young people. And uh, in particular, as I said earlier, the middle years is just something about students that are you know, 12 to 14. Every day they wake up, they're not quite sure who they are as young people. And I love that energy. So I just you know, continued with my music and leadership. And then the opportunity for head of middle school opened up last year. So I thought, you know, I've got a lot of experience. While this is entirely different than anything that I've ever done, let's throw my hat in and see what happens. And I was thrilled to, um, to take on this new role. So everything, every day for me this year has been new. Sissy, if I was going to give a title of um, the book that you're going to write about your life's journey <laughs> in education, I would call it, want to try this? <laughs> I call it, want to try this? Because think about how many times you said yes. In your journey, you want to try this, you want to try to board and, and do pastoral care for girls. And you're like, I've hmm, never done it, but I'll try it. You want to get, do you want to do that? How about Nairobi? You want to take a group of kids overseas and you, it, hey, you want to try this? How about a teacher exchange program in Australia where you ended up getting married and, and directing at three different campuses? And oh my gosh, what a great story. And it's so neat to hear both of you tell different stories that ended up leading you to the same place in mm -hmm. terms of, of the place that you serve. You guys are relatively young leaders in the building that you're in, in the in the campus that you're serving, but you're not young leaders when it comes to the years of experience that you've, the decades of experience that you've had serving students in so many different settings. And as we're speaking to listeners, to Principal Matters listeners, and you guys know because you listen, we have listeners that are both aspiring leaders, experienced leaders, but for those that are maybe listening today and they're thinking about a new role, in education, or they're thinking about a transition. Um, what are what are a few takeaways from your own stories that you would share with them? Deirdre, you want to go first? Sure. Um, my, I've got maybe four main things I think I want to say. One is don't wait um, to get experience. Don't think you have to have experience. <laughs> Just think about your transferable skills. And, um, you know, if you can organize X, you can organize Y um, and just apply anyways. I think that's really important. Um, but when you are applying for jobs and administration and you're thinking about that, um, I would start by talk to people, 
about their jobs. Um, people like to share, people like to talk about themselves. And um, I used to feel kind of shy to reach out to people and say, hey, head of this school, could you talk to me about what it's like to be a head of a school? Because I, I think I want to do it, but I'm not really sure. They're happy to sit down with you and tell you about the highs and lows of their jobs and, and give you and talk about their own journey. And listening to the stories from other um, school leaders has, has impacted me in a lot of ways and, and, and given me strength. I remember one school leader telling me that um, she had applied for various heads of school jobs, I want to say six times before she got what she was looking for. And she didn't give up. And so that knowing that people are getting rejected all the time kind of gives you strength. Like, yep, this is just part of it. I would also say that if you're going to transition to leadership, those interviews are very different. And I mean, when I interviewed for teaching positions, I just waltzed right in and just blathered away for an hour, which I'm obviously very good at doing. But um, for interviews at that level, you do have to do a lot of research um, on the school and your position. You do have to practice. Um, you do have to learn to speak in threes and keep your hands. You know, there's lots of like coaching things and, and really having somebody and working with somebody, especially the first time you do it, I think is, is, a, is a really good idea to get a coach. And um, my last piece of advice would just be test the waters and, and try things, you know, take kids on huge trips like, like Sissy did. Um, you know, if there's an accreditation visit, say, hey, I'm, I want to help organize that. Like, can I, you know, can I be part of that team? Um, let people know that you're interested. Because um, if you don't put your hand up, nobody has any idea um, that you, that that's something you might want to do. And don't be shy if you're young. Just because you're 27 doesn't mean you can't do this. Like, you can. So many good takeaways there, Deirdre. Don't wait to get experience. Talk to people to understand what you're getting ready to step into for advice and feedback. Test the waters and and then be prepared. And so Principal Matters listeners, um, I've done some coaching with principal candidates who maybe want to get on the other side of that too. And I'm going to share the contact information for Deirdre and Sissy too at the end of this. If you want to reach back to any of us, we love to talk about ways with, with aspiring leaders, especially or somebody who may be transitioning. Sometimes it is helpful to get on the other side. Sissy, what, what advice would you give? Well, I think I'd start by saying, say yes. Um, <laughs> the title of your book. The title of my new book is Say Yes. I, I mean, because certainly that has worked for me. And what I what I believe is that sometimes see, people see in you what you don't yet see in yourself. Mm. And um, particularly as a young um, educator, if, you know, if your leader comes to you and says, I want you to, you know, consider doing something like this, just go for it and say, yes, I know that some of my most worthwhile experiences have come because I did. I just said, yes. I think the other thing, you know, sort of mirrors what Deirdre was saying in terms of volunteering. I just, and I continue to just put my hand up when, um, whether it's been asked or not, if they're, you know, people are looking for people to help out. Usually I like to start with, how can I help? Um, and, and not, not be afraid to get your hands dirty and just get in there, even if it's an area that is not your area of expertise in the school, but it's a wonderful way to get to meet colleagues in your school, get to meet other students that you don't work with. So I would say volunteer as much as you can. Um, and I'd also say, don't be afraid to ask for what you want. 
And one of the ex, um, examples that I gave was when I first started here at Havergold, it's a highly academic school. And um, we would take our students on these band competitions and each year they would won, but it was a regional competition. So there's an opportunity to go further. And so our, our band won and they had the opportunity to go to BC, which is about a five hour flight to be going, like going from New York to California. And, um, and it was in the springtime and the administrators say, oh no, 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 they don't, they don't go to the finals. I was like, what? And so, you know, I just kept going back in a polite way, kind of like, how do you like me on this side? And <laughs> finally the principal said, all right, if you email all of the families and if we get, you know, 80% of the parents saying that the that the kids can go, they'll go. Well. 100% of the parents said yes. So 110 students, we took on a plane and flew to the other side of the country and, and, um, and they did well. So don't be afraid to ask for what you want. You might get a no, but you might get yes. And um, I think the last part that certainly as I reflect is that no, your journey won't be a straight line and it's totally fine. If it's not get out there, um, try things. It, you know, sometimes if you take a step sideways or a step backward, know that, you know, ultimately you're going to be going forward. So it's not a straight line, but um, every opportunity is a gift to meet new people, to meet uh, wonderful students and, um, and to learn a lot. Wow, Sissy. Say yes. Volunteer. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want and know that your journey won't be a straight line. This, th these are golden nuggets. And I, I know we need to wrap up here. I'm, in fact, I may ask you to feel step around for, for a bonus um, talk. But, but as we wrap up here, I just want to say to the both of you, thank you for, um, for your generosity. And first of all, listening to Principal Matters, reaching out to me, Deirdre, thank you so much for making that contact and letting me get to know the two of you. But also in the middle, I know in, every time I interview leaders that are in the middle of their day, and any listener who's an administrator knows this, you're having to shut out all the stuff you're going to have to go clean up in just a little bit so that you can focus in on a conversation that that lots and lots of other people are going to get to listen to. Um, I, I told you guys at the top of the episode, because I'm not often good at, at letting listeners know these things, but um, this podcast, uh, at the time of this recording, and this is probably going to come out in April, but we're recording this at the end of February. That's how many conversations I've been recording lately. But we've had more than a million downloads of this podcast now. And so Yay. it's just, it makes me so excited to think about anyone out there listening right now that could walk away today uh, with those golden nuggets from Deirdre and from Sissy. Do not wait to get your experience. Talk to other people who you want to learn from. Test those waters. Prepare yourself for those interviews. Say yes, volunteer. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Know that your journey will not be a straight line. Those are, those are so golden. Well, as we wrap up, I just want to ask the two of you, um, how can folks connect with you? What's a parting word of advice that you may want to give leaders that you didn't get to say as I was wrapping up there? Um, and what's some way that people can find you if they want to learn more about you or your schools? Deidre? Um, well, first, uh, well, I want to say thank you so much. Um, I have been listening to you now for, I don't know how many years, um, but I, really, really appreciate um, all the wisdom that I have heard from you and from your your um, your other guests. It helps me know that I'm not alone. 
Um, and I've learned and taken notes on so many of those podcasts. So I want to thank you and all the people who have come before me. Um, my parting words of wisdom are probably listen to others um, and, and say yes. And you're never too young. You're never too old. But ultimately, listen to your gut and lean into your values. Because if you have something inside you that's saying, oh, maybe I should try that. I think you should just jump in. And, and as Sissy said, say yes. Just do it. Love it. Do you just agree? do it. Sissy, how about you? Well, I just want to echo Deirdre as well and say thank you so much. I also have to thank Deirdre because she's the one that put me on to your podcast, which I listen to every morning as they walk the dog. Um, it's been a real pleasure. And I think there's probably two things that come to mind for me. Um, again, echoing what Deirdre said but maybe just a little bit different in terms of listening. I think it's important that we listen to hear, not listen to answer. Mm. And I think lots of times when we're, we're listening to people, we're actually listening so that you can tell them what they need or want or those types of things. But sometimes mm. it's just important to listen to hear. And, um, and I have to check myself because I am one of those. I'm a fixer. I want to hear and then I want to tell you how to fix it. But no, sometimes I just want to share. So listen to hear. And then for me, it's relationship, relationship, relationship. There's nothing more important than having a solid relationship with your colleagues and with your students, because when you have that, those difficult moments and difficult conversations are easier to have. They're not easy, but they're easier to have when you have a solid foundation. Oh, mm -hmm. that's so good. Ladies, yeah. how can folks reach out to you if they want to find you or connect with you or correspond? on our Havergill College website. Well, we will put a link to the Havergill College website in the show notes and you guys can reach out to Deirdre or to Sissy Goodridge. Ladies, thank you so much. This was so rich. Um, there's so many things I've written down from this conversation that have been helpful for me. And I, I tell folks this all the time. It's such a weird um, reality for me, but I learned so much from the guests in the show. And then the one of the biggest joys I have is a few weeks later when the show goes live, I listen back and I always learn even more in the second time. It's the coolest experience of my life to, to be able to just keep learning and learning and learning from other people and sharing this out as well. And I know this is not the last time we're going to talk. So Principal Matters listeners, I want to thank you for the work that you do every day in sharing your leadership with others, how your journey has um, helps others see their way forward. And I want to thank you, Deirdre and Sissy, for sharing how your journey can help other leaders see their way forward too. So until next time, thanks for doing what matters. And Principal Matters listeners, thank you for doing what matters. And we'll talk to you again next week. We'll call yeah, that the end well, of the recording. You, you know, with the, the, your tagline of like, thank you for doing what matters. I can't tell you every week, it, it moves me to tears. Like it really, really, really resonates with me because sometimes you feel like you're just spinning your wheels and you're like, your life sucks. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Why am I doing this? But what we do matters. And it is, and when I hear that once a week, somebody saying, what you do matters, what you do matters, it, it gives me strength. <laughs> you're making my heart so full. I can hardly stand it. Yeah, no, I'm crying right now. Yeah. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. Check out the services link on williamdparker.com.
leadershipacademy.com to learn more about Leadership Academy's mastermind offerings and executive coaching. If you're planning professional development for the year ahead, or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books, please email me at will at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together today. And thanks again for doing what matters.